Let's chat about how to get what you need for your home when you don't have a lot of cash or credit. You can do that at Aaron's. Rent to own appliances, furniture, and tech from top brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley. But say you don't need it anymore, no problem. At Aaron's, you can return your product at any time or even upgrade it for something new. Life's always changing. With Aaron's, your stuff can change right along with it. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. Approval isn't guaranteed and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. The Volume. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight here at The Volume. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy NBA Finals. We finally made it. Coverage of the NBA Finals here at Hoops Tonight is brought to you by Chase Freedom Unlimited. How do you cash back? Well, we've officially made it. I'm going to do a full series preview today. We're going to hit three major matchups for our Chase three-point segment for what I expect over the course of these NBA Finals. Going to dive a lot into both sides of the ball, into some schematic things that I expect from both teams, and then I'm going to give a pick. And then after that, I'll give the case for why the other team has a chance to win. You guys know the drill before we get started. Subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements. And if for whatever reason you miss one of these videos and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish, don't forget you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. All right, let's talk some basketball. I love the NBA Finals. I remember uh, growing up every single time uh, game one or any of the games would start. You'd have that really cool video that ABC would show as they're um, uh, getting ready to uh, to throw the ball up at center court. And there's a history there. There's a a, a meaning in like a uh, uh, it's almost it, it has like a very sacred meaning to me personally. And that's why it's a big part of why like when we're talking about player rankings and you know, one of your guys' favorite players is someone that you think is the best and, like, I'm a little bit slower to get there and why I give so much preferential treatment to the guys that have won championships. It has a lot to do with how sacred I think the NBA Finals are. This is the ultimate test of a basketball player to succeed on this stage after everything you've done over the course of the previous three rounds. And so I'm really excited for Nikola Jokic and for Jimmy Butler. They both have an opportunity in this series to stamp themselves as one of those guys, as one of the the greatest basketball players in NBA history to lead a team to an NBA championship. And that's what's cool. Like, no matter what, when this is all said and done, either Jimmy Butler or Nikola Jokic, one of those two guys, is going to be stamped 
as an NBA champion. I'm very, very excited for that. And without any further ado, let's do the usual. We're going to go through the series notes to get started. Denver, as of right now, is a minus 420 favorite, uh, rapidly increasing line. Denver swept the season series, 2-0. Not a ton to learn there. Jamal Murray missed one of the games. Caleb Martin played 28 total minutes in the two games. Uh, DeAndre Jordan was getting run. A lot of Bones Highland throwing up threes. A lot of guys for both teams that won't be in the rotation at all whatsoever. Seeing a little Tyler Harrow, who I expect to actually make an appearance in this series. But there was some stuff to learn, right? Like I got to see a little bit of Bam battling with Nikola Jokic on both ends of the floor. I got to see Jimmy attacking matchups uh, the way he's been doing this entire postseason. We got to see a lot of what Miami's zone defense looks like against Denver, so I'm going to share a lot of that stuff with you. But but most of our projections are going to come based on what we've seen from these two teams in this postseason run. So this is going to be our chase three points segment. Number one, can Miami slow down Denver's offense? So Denver's size will force Miami to play bigger, in my opinion, Um, at least bigger than they did over the course of the Boston Celtics series. I wonder if Eric Spolster will go back to Kevin Love in the starting lineup um, in order to combat that, because then the matchups start to make a little bit more sense. You you consider putting Kevin Love on Nikola Jokic. Kevin Love is good at battling for position. It's uh, a a type of defender that'll do – just as well against a Jokic type as anybody else, um, which is more of a statement that Jokic is just pretty much going to destroy everybody, right? But Kevin Love is going to hold up at least in some of those position battles. Um, I'd put Bam in a bio on Aaron Gordon in that case and kind of have him roaming around on the back line. You put Jimmy Butler and Michael Porter Jr., which is a better size for size matchup. Probably have Max Struess on Contavious Caldwell Pope and Gabe Vincent on Jamal Murray. Uh, you can probably also get away with putting Kevin Love on Aaron Gordon as well. Um, but whether or not Kevin Love is playable in this series will go a long way because of the size matchups and how difficult they get if you can't go that route. And it doesn't necessarily have to be Love. It could be Zeller. But I think Love is probably a little bit more likely just because he's bigger and stronger as lower center of gravity. Um, but if if those two guys get played off the court, it gets pretty tough because now you're asking Bam at a bio to match up with Nikola Jokic. Now you're putting Jimmy Butler on Aaron Gordon. He's given up a lot of weight and height to Aaron Gordon. Now Max Struess is slotting down to Michael Porter Jr. Not nearly going to bother Michael Porter Jr. as, as much as a Jimmy Butler could. And uh, now you're putting on, uh, like, you're asking Caleb Martin, if you move him into the starting lineup, to chase around Jamal Murray, which I think that matchup is one that um, Miami can live with. But they're giving up a lot of size across the board. And if you really look at how much Miami struggled rebounding against Boston, and then remember, post-deadline, the Los Angeles Lakers were fourth in rebounding post-deadline because of the size that they added, Anthony Davis really engaging himself, LeBron James when he came back to the team. They got absolutely destroyed on the glass by Denver. You guys might remember a point in game one where Denver at one point had grabbed 20 of the first 23 rebounds. In that game. So there's a massive size advantage there that I think is going to be one of the biggest determining factors over the course of the series. And it's going to be very important for Miami to be able to match up across the board. And I think the Kevin Love uh, minutes and whether or not they're viable are going to go a long way there. So um, obviously, rebounding is going to play a huge role in this series. Um, but where's the other place that size can become an issue in post up situations? So Miami ran a good amount of drop coverage against 
the Murray-Jokic actions, but they also did a lot of switching across the board. And in those situations, Denver absolutely pulverized them over the course of the season, attacking those switches. As a matter of fact, they ran 30 post-ups in their two matchups with Miami this year, and in those 30 post-ups, scored 47 points. So over a point and a half per possession. A lot of the usual stuff, right? Nikola Jokic uh, getting a deep seal, drawing a double team, and throwing that pass to a cutter or to a shooter, or just bullying his way into the lane for a layup. But there was a lot of... There was one game where Miami just persistently was allowing Kyle Lowry to switch on to Aaron Gordon, and Denver just backed Nikola Jokic out to the top of the key and posted up Aaron Gordon and just spammed that action. And Aaron Gordon was just scoring time and time again, whether it was hitting cutters or hitting shots over the top. So Denver's just way, way better at making you pay for switching smaller players onto bigger front court players than Boston was. And that that's a dynamic over the course of the series that's going to be a much bigger challenge for Eric Spolster and those guys to deal with than it was in the last round. So what can Miami do to combat that? They tried some doubling. There was a play where they doubled Nikola Jokic. He just drops it off to Vlado Konchar under the basket. You know, there's a play where uh, on the in that sequence where Aaron Gordon was attacking Kyle Lowry all the time, where they ended up double teaming and, and Aaron Gordon just shoveled it right to Michael Porter Jr. under the basket for a dunk. So Denver's really good at handling that as well. My guess is Eric Spolster just tries to do a ton of mixing up coverages to disrupt rhythm. So I think we'll see some doubles. I think, I think we'll see him leave him on an island every once in a while. I think we'll see some digging and recovering. But I think the post-up battle is going to be the main way that Denver attacks Miami over the course of this series and where I expect them to have the most success. They're just too big and too good at spacing the floor and making teams pay for double teams. It's just it's just a really tough matchup for Miami on that. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It is an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoops takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. 
And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Front. In pick and roll, um, we don't have a ton to work with here on the film. There was only four Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic pick and rolls during the regular season where Miami didn't switch um, and, and ended up just attacking out of the post. They scored on all four of those possessions. Um, and in all four cases, it was actually Jamal Murray making shots over the top. They did a lot attacking Tyler Harrow. So, like, they would run a guard-to-guard screen to get Tyler Harrow switched on to Jamal Murray, and then they'd bring Nikola Jokic up to attack because Jamal was just having too easy of a time ditching Tyler Harrow on those screens and getting into the lane. When I'm saying he's making shots over the top, he's making shots in the short range. These are, like, little 10-foot floaters, the occasional layup. Like, he's getting easy shots in that pick-and-roll attack. Once again, I expect a lot more of mixing coverages. I think we'll see some drop coverage. Um, when guys like Caleb Martin or, or, or Gabe Vincent or Kyle Lowry on him, I think we'll see some switching and fronting the post. Uh, Miami's a great team when it comes to fronting the post and applying back pressure. So essentially like when the switch happens, they, uh, uh, get in front of Jokic and try to prevent that easy post entry, right? So Jokic will push on his back and create a target up high, right? But what Miami will do is they'll offer so much backside help that it's just an extremely difficult pass to make. Now, Jokic is so damn big, he's going to score on some of those anyway, but it's going to be that skip pass across the court that's wide open, and I think I think is going to really challenge Jamal Murray in particular to consistently make that skip pass across the court. I think we'll see some random blitzes, right? Like, just to disrupt rhythm and to try to catch Jamal Murray off guard, don't be surprised if we see some super aggressive Miami stuff at the front, at the point of attack, blitzing and getting the ball out of Jamal Murray's hands. And then I wouldn't be surprised if at some point over the series we saw Jimmy Butler switch onto Jamal Murray uh, and basically start switching Jimmy and Bam in that action and doing that same kind of front the post kind of thing just with a bigger athlete and Jimmy Butler up front. The, um, I think the Heat will have a much easier time handling the pick and roll stuff because it's a little bit more of an area where Spolstra can uh, come into the uh, come into play with his schematic approach. Um, but I do think we'll see a good amount of that in this series. And then the zone. So... Zone was a huge factor in this Boston Celtics series as, as Spolster used it basically to plague um, Boston into their worst offensive tendencies. Didn't work against Denver. They ran 13 possessions of zone. Denver scored 20 points, and it looked exactly like what you expected. Boston never got the ball to the middle of the floor. Denver just parked Nikola Jokic right at the foul line. He's this huge target, and then when he turns and faces, it's a lob thread at the basket and Aaron Gordon and three elite shooters around him. It's just way too easy, and Jokic has like got this touch pass thing going. They'll just throw the ball up high to him, and he'll just catch it and already make the read and just fling the ball to where it's supposed to go. So I don't think zone's going to be an option. The, the reality is Denver's just really hard to guard. You have all the Jokic-Murray stuff. And Murray's just so dialed in with his pick-and-roll shot-making right now that I don't know how the hell you guard him. They have elite off-ball threats. Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Michael Porter Jr. are both knockdown shooters. Um, Aaron Gordon, with the with the lob threat that he is under the basket, with his ability to duck in for easy seals and dunks, with what he does on the offensive glass, they're just really difficult to guard. And all those guys can make plays on their own as well. Aaron Gordon, we talked about attacking in the post. Uh, he's good with those transition slot drives too. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, 
in his pull-up shooting in, in dribble handoff situations. That was a big factor in that Lakers series. Michael Porter Jr. in his ISO pull-up shooting, especially against smaller defenders. Bruce Brown in his semi-transition drives, getting to the basket with his athleticism. The Lakers were a truly elite defense. In my opinion, a better defense than this Miami Heat team. And Denver just completely cut them to pieces. And that was with the best defensive player in the world and Anthony Davis on the floor too. I honest to God don't know what the answer is. And so that that's that's going to be the biggest factor in the series is, is there any chance that Miami can slow down Denver on the offensive end? Number two, can Miami keep up with Denver on their offensive end of the floor? So I think we'll see Contavious Caldwell-Pope start on Gabe Vincent and then Caleb Martin when he comes into the game, presuming that he comes off the bench. I think we'll see Aaron Gordon start on Jimmy Butler, but I also think we'll see some Contavious Caldwell-Pope and some Bruce Brown there as well. Um, I want to kind of split this into three sections. I want to look at guard pick and rolls. I want to look at BAM ISOs. And then our third uh, section of the three chase three points is going to be Jimmy Butler stuff. So... In guard pick and roll. So this is anything that's like Kyle Lowry with the ball, Gabe Vincent with the ball, Caleb Martin with the ball, high pick and roll with Bam Adebayo. I think we'll see Jokic in a high drop coverage, just like he's done throughout this playoff run, with a lot of weak side help. So the skip pass is going to be what's open. If slash when Miami wins games in this series, I think it's going to be with one of the big factors is going to be red hot three-point shooting, specifically on those skip passes to the weak side with the way that Denver loads up on pick and roll. Um, But here's the thing. Denver's defensive rotations, just like Miami's, are outstanding, and they're going to get contests on those shots. They're not going to be um, easy, and they're they're definitely not going to lose shooters as frequently as Boston did. Boston was a very sloppy defense relative to the amount of talent that they had. Bam isos, um, he ran six isos and post-ups versus Denver, scored four points on him. Um, he had one really nice quick move against Nikola Jokic in a post-up where he hit like two quick uh, up fakes and then got to the baseline and, and uh, made like a little bank shot off the glass. So he had uh, like a significant quickness advantage there. But I don't expect that to play a significant part in the series, especially since Bam really kind of lost confidence over the course of that Celtics series and was struggling to to finish really anything. Um I think, like, obviously it's a wild card. You feed him a little bit early in game one, and maybe he beats Jokic off the dribble a few times, and it kind of fuels his confidence, and then everything gets better from there. But I don't expect it to be a huge part of this series, which takes us to number three. Can Jimmy Butler play Nikola Jokic to a draw? So as I look at this series, Miami's biggest advantage is the Jimmy Butler matchup hunting thing. We saw the, like LeBron, for instance, was the best offensive player in the Lakers series for the Lakers, right? And a big part of that was just the the ability he had to not only make plays in high pick and roll, but to persistently bring weaker Denver defenders into the ball screens, get switches, and then work his way down to the block. And it was more challenging for LeBron because D'Angelo Russell couldn't make a damn shot and Dennis Schroeder couldn't shoot off the move. So as soon as they moved Jamal Murray off of Austin Reeves, they didn't really have a good option to go to because those pick and pops or those go screens were going to guys who couldn't make a play when they would catch, right? It's going to be a little different than with Miami because Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent and Max Struess are all red hot from three. And Jamal Murray's going to have to guard one of those guys. And so you're going to see a lot of Jimmy Butler bringing Jamal Murray up into the screen, 
and working him down on those clear side ISOs like we saw a lot against Boston. Um, he had nine points on seven post-ups and ISOs during the regular season, so well over a point per possession. He had some success against Jamal Murray with those typical little short jump shots that you've seen over the course of this playoff run. He uh, was just toasting Michael Porter Jr. off the dribble. He's just too slow. He did attack Jokic a few times on switches, and Jokic actually did a pretty nice job forcing him into contested jumpers, although Jimmy did make one of them. Um, but I don't think Jimmy's going to spend a ton of time attacking Jokic and switches. I, ju I just don't think that um, that's going to be as you know uh, productive for them as attacking the guards. But again, that's Miami's biggest advantage in this series. Can Jimmy Butler do what he's done all playoffs, preferably like what he did in the first round where he's great in every single game, just persistently attacking the weaker Denver defenders on the floor? Um, my, ch my three points were brought to you by Chase Freedom Unlimited. Earn 5% on travel through Chase. 3% on dining, including takeout, 3% at drugstores, and 1.5% on everything else. How do you cash back? All right. My pick. I'm going with Denver in six. My gut says Denver in five, but I just can't do that anymore with this Miami Heat team. They're just too good at finding a way to win basketball games. Um, but I think Denver's too big. I think they're too smart to fall victim to some of Spolstra's strategic plays. I think they're too confident and too good to fall victim to some of Jimmy Butler's psychological intimidation. I think Jokic will consistently make them pay for weak defensive personnel in a way that other opponents for the Heat have not been able to. I pretty much think they're better than Miami in every single way aside from the coaching staff. Um, but I don't think that is going to be enough to matter. Now, Miami's path, they need Jimmy Butler to dominate from start to finish, just like he did against Milwaukee and be the best player in the series. They need uh, Eric Spolster to pull off the impossible and finally figure out a way to schematically disrupt Denver's offense when no one's been able to. They need red-hot uh, three-point shooting from the role players, just like they had in the Celtics series. And they need some kind of major offensive contribution from one of the Heat role players, whether, like last round, it was Caleb Martin. Uh, maybe it'll be like Bam Adebayo. Um, Tyler Harrow, again, could make an appearance in this series. Maybe he's that guy. But they need someone else to average 20 points per game in this series, just simply because of how powerful Denver's offense is for them to have any chance to keep up. So I'm going with Denver in six. But that's Miami's path. Um, we're going to be doing breakdowns every single night after the game. And then during the two days off in between, we'll always do a film breakdown. So you're going to get two videos for every single game during the NBA finals. Uh, like I said, later this afternoon, I'm going to be going with, uh, Liv and she's, a, our, uh, our biggest Nuggets fan on staff. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Nuggets. They're going with the nerd sesh guys on Wednesday. And then obviously game one on Thursday, as always, I appreciate you guys and I will see you next time. Let's chat about how to get what you need for your home when you don't have a lot of cash or credit. You can do that at Aaron's. Rent to own appliances, furniture, and tech from top brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley. But say you don't need it anymore, no problem. At Aaron's, you can return your product at any time or even upgrade it for something new. Life's always changing. With Aaron's, your stuff can change right along with it. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. Approval isn't guaranteed, and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 